0: Welcome to The New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to The New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I just gotta say, it feels good to be recording knowing that the sound quality is actually decent. And uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I've moved to Jamaica recently and I've just had a real hard time getting the quality back that I used to have in my, my studio. Well, studio, that's a bit of an overstatement, but in my office in Canada. So anyway, I think we're finally there. I just spent like the last 45 minutes trying to soundproof the room and get it in order. So I hope I'm coming through loud and clear. Um, Early on in the podcast, a couple of you gave me some feedback on the sound. That was really helpful um, because I'm not much of an audiophile and I know a bunch of you probably are. So if any of you guys have some feedback, I'm all ears. But thanks for listening. I hope this is coming through clear. (laughs) I'm starting the episode today with a confession. Oh man, this is so bad. Um, But I, I, you know, I preach a message of authenticity and transparency. Obviously, the whole premise of addiction recovery is you have to be transparent. You know, you got to be vulnerable with people. Um, And I know that my vulnerability kind of paves the way for other people to be vulnerable. So, you know, that's one of my mantras and and that's what I stand by. But um, I have to confess something. So as I'm recording this, I've just returned from my time in Texas and Last week, I don't know why I did this, but last week when I was recording, I knew that those episodes were going to come out um, like the the days after I returned because that's just how this works. Like we record them a week in advance. So hopefully the timeframes make sense. But last week I recorded, I knew a couple of the episodes were coming out um, or all the episodes that I recorded rather last week are coming out, um, you know, the week after. And I knew that chronologically that was going to be right as I got back from Texas. Today, as I'm recording this, it is actually when I got back from Texas because, of course, I recorded a week in advance, so these episodes are going to be released two weeks after I get back from Texas. Anyway, in one of the episodes last week, as I was recording, I thought, well, I'm meeting up with people in Austin. You know, like we've opened up um, a, a list, uh, a, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it, a meet and greet for listeners of the podcast and then my clients. I have tons of clients in Texas. And um, so I kind of preemptively said in one of the episodes last week, Hey, thanks to, you know, all of you guys who have uh, or for who came out. It was so good meeting you. And that was like preemptive because I knew even though it wasn't true in that moment cuz I had recorded that before I went to Texas, I knew that when it got released it would be true cuz I would have met up with people from Texas. So, you know, it's just like some of the, the like silly little tricks that you do when you're recording in advance to make sure that the content still is relevant and whatever. So, I put that statement in there and then I fly to Texas, I get stuck at, um, a customs lineup. I get stuck in a customs lineup for three hours at one of my layovers and I miss my connecting flight. And it was a whole, like it honestly, it basically wound up being another 18 hours of travel because of that misconnecting flight. I'm not going to go into it, but all to say is I did not meet up with people in Texas. <laughs> so I made a liar of myself and, uh, It is my fault, uh, partially for doing things preemptively, and um, I partially blame the airline that shall not be named. Actually, it's not the airline's fault. It's really um, the airport that I was connecting with. They did not have enough immigration officers for customs. So anyway, that is my moment of confession, my transparent moment. Your host, ladies and gentlemen, not a perfect man. He still has plenty to work out, including his preemptive podcast recording ways. Um, So I hope you can forgive me. And for those of you who I didn't get a chance to meet, um, I'm actually going to be back in Texas sooner than you think. So just wait. Um, I will announce it next time I'm going to be in the area, and I hope we get a chance to meet up. Now, moving on to today's episode, we're talking about the bane of perfectionism. And I've been really thinking about this one a lot. Now, it's partially because I am a self-acclaimed, self-recovering, whatever. I'm a perfectionist. Like, it's certainly in my wiring. But it's interesting because there's kind of overt ways that perfectionism will manifest itself. It's, um, you know, every detail has to be perfect. It's people getting way too stressed about things that don't actually matter. It's not being able to feel fully settled until everything is perfect. It's sort of this idea that nothing's ever good enough. That, um, you know, that like if you got a 98%, that's great. But what happened to the other two You know, this is sort of the overt ways that we see perfectionism. But there's covert ways as well. And I wanted to kind of dig into that today because I've been observing in some of the places I've been speaking, in the Q&As and some of my own clients, that there's sort of this subtle perfectionism that is strongly at play in our society today. And I'm going to guess that it might be at play in your life as well. And you may not even realize it. Now, let's just start out with kind of the overt component of perfectionism. Um, I gave a bunch of examples. you know, it, it's it's the ruthless attention to detail, sometimes to the point of, you know unhealth and really a lack of necessity. Perfectionism can also just be this sort of thing that says like no matter how good it is, it's not good enough. And when we talk about like projects and stuff, you know that's one thing. like we want to do our projects well. Uh, I think about the album I released back in 2016 uh, or 2015. Uh, I think it was 2015. And, you know, that album, it was so good. Like, I was so happy with the way it turned out. Um, The producer did an amazing job. But the reality is we could have spent another, I don't know, we could have spent months still perfecting little things here and there. Like, that perfectionist, if I really let it loose, we would have just kept working on it. And I would have racked up like crazy production bills for that album this is the obvious ways of perfectionism but the underlying component of overt perfectionism basically says i am not valuable unless it's perfect or my value is dependent on how well something is done this is perfectionism now that's the obvious ways the covert ways are different it's it's not necessarily in the work you do but perfectionism might be that you you constantly beat yourself up for not saying something the right way for not doing something the way you should have you think i'm such a fool why did i why did i say it that way or why did i do things that way you you replay things in your head you imagine doing them better it's it's not being able to shake a mistake and maybe you don't talk about it maybe nobody sees your frustration but inside you know that the fact that that did not go the way it was supposed to it didn't go according to plan that drives you crazy it, it you replay it it kind of eats away at you so again sometimes it's subtle sometimes it's obvious but the underlying root of perfectionism is the same is that worth is determined by works and that is the biggest lie in the history of of mankind, I know that's like a huge statement. I stand by it. The the biggest lie that we could believe is that our value is dependent on what we do or how well we do something. It is simply untrue. Now it's interesting, as I mentioned, like I'm a self-recovered or recovering perfectionist, and the there's sort of there's two tensions that come with perfectionism that I wanted to talk about today, and. One of them is the tension between perfectionism and excellence, because something can, be, um, something can be excellent or it can be perfect, and sometimes it can be both. But nothing has to be perfect for it to be excellent. Perfectionist says, I got uh, perfectionism says, I got 95 percent on a test." What happened to the other five? Excellence says, I gave my very best on that test and I got a 95%. Do you hear the difference? So excellence is really a matter of doing your best. But perfectionism says it's 100% or it's nothing. I went on a a binge of Kobe Bryant videos when he passed away in January 2020 because he, he really was a I don't know it's like he's one of those heroes that you just grow up hearing about, like you know when Kobe Bryant first started in the n b a like people were already talking about him, and I think I was like six or seven years old I, I'm not it, I was somewhere in that area that's not a not a perfect time frame, <laughs> but it is excellent because it's the best of my abilities but um i i i've I've just grown up with Kobe around, so when he died, it kind of shook me, you know and And so I was watching videos and I I just marvel at him. He's a real inspiration. And there was this video that went a little viral on uh, Instagram. And it was a video that Kobe sent to a 12-year-old kid who was going to a basketball audition the next day and he was really nervous. So he wrote Kobe or maybe he sent in a video, I forget. But he, he contacted him and said, I'm really nervous about my first basketball tryout tomorrow. Do you have any advice for me? And, you know, I I was so curious to see what Kobe was going to say, because here's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, a revered athlete, somebody who just has performed at the highest level possible. That makes you think like this guy is a perfectionist. Like, how else could you get that good unless you only settled for perfection? And his video was really short. It was like, hey, man, thanks for reaching out. Uh, I'm cheering you on. I'm really proud of you. You've got this, man. Um, my, my number one tip, and this is what startled me. He just said, hey, my number one tip is just give it your best and be proud of it. Give it your best and be proud of it. See, that, that is excellence. Excellence is like, look, you may not have as much talent as the other people on your team. Or you might be the most talented. But whatever it is, just do your best. Give it your best. And that is, that's all you can do. And it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But that slight tweak in mentality is everything. It is the difference between somebody who gets free of porn, stays free and improves their overall quality of life and somebody who doesn't watch porn but is miserable and is afraid of their next relapse. Perfectionism says like unless it's perfect, I can't be settled, I can't rest. But excellence says... I did my best, I'm going to continue to do my best, and I'm going to be really grateful for how far I've made it. There's, there's more work for me to, to do, for sure, but I'm going to give thanks for what I have up until now. I'm going to learn from some of the shortcomings, some of the areas that maybe didn't work out as well, and I'm going to make some adjustments so I can improve and do it even better next time. This, this is the, the mentality, the mindset shift. When I started Deep Clean and I started helping guys get free of porn, my biggest insecurities were around the imperfections of my qualifications and the work itself. You know, you build out a program and then you think, oh, but I didn't talk about this and I didn't talk about that. And oh my gosh, like one of the leading addiction experts says that, like, you have to resolve this part. And I, I didn't even really talk about that. I kind of mentioned it, but you know, it wasn't there. And it, like all these insecurities came up and all of it came from this place of perfectionism. Like it has to be perfect. It has to cover every single base and every T's got to be crossed and I dotted. And you know what I mean? It was just this very deep running perfectionism. And one of my early business mentors, he was actually my business coach, um, really beat that out of me like he really encouraged me like sathya doesn't have to be perfect Um, you just have to kind of get the ball rolling and there's this quote in um, i would say startup level entrepreneurship where uh, people basically say done is better than perfect kind of the idea that if you wait for everything to be perfect it's never going to happen or by the time it happens you'll have missed out on so much accrued momentum that it would have been better if you just released it, you know, half finished or whatever. And, you know, there's some great examples of startups that have done this, like Facebook. If you look at, you know, the, the first login page or homepage of Facebook, it's hilarious. It was actually called thefacebook.com. And um, it's just so primitive and so basic. And even for the, like, level of graphic design that was available when Facebook first launched in 2006, it's still pretty, like, hilarious. It was It was low level. But they started somewhere because done was better than perfect. And obviously, they've improved it and scaled it. And it's, it's the epitome of big tech in 2021 as this episode is being recorded. But the interesting thing is that sometimes that ma- mantra of done is better than perfect not only sacrifices perfectionism, it also sacrifices excellent. So people don't do it perfectly and they don't do it excell- excellently either. And that is a real problem. So that's why it's the bane of perfectionism because you would think, okay, well, um, to combat my perfectionistic tendencies, I will become content with things being imperfect. And the pendulum can swing too far to the other side. And instead, you have now not only sacrificed perfectionism, you have also sacrificed excellence. And your quality is shoddy, You're not putting your heart into the work you're doing. And essentially, you are not doing your best. Now, biblically, there's two different places where Paul writes. He says this to uh, the church of Ephesus and he says it to the church of Colossus. He says uh, that you are to do your work as unto the Lord. Really interesting statement. Um, I guess what he's kind of saying is, you know, sometimes we have excuses like, Our boss doesn't understand da-da-da-da-da. So if they're not going to give me what I want, then I'm not going to give them what they want. You know, I'm not going to give it my best. I'm going to coast here. I'm checking out. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to overwork myself here for some guy who's not even going to give me what I'm worth. Look, that is reasonable. It's logical. It's not biblical. Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Okay, now this doesn't say like, hey, when you check into your cubicle for your nine to five, do it heartily. It's not just talking to that. It's not saying, hey, when you start your business, do it heartily. Ask to the Lord, not to men. It's not saying when you write those tests, it's not saying when you build that deck in your back house, in your back house, in your house, the back of your house. It's not saying any specifics here. It says whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. So it's really simple today, guys. If you're struggling with perfectionism, if you can see that it's maybe robbing you of joy, robbing you of gratitude, robbing you of peace, those are usually the the three things that go when you are a perfectionist. If you are um, missing those things in your life, (laughs) there's a dog in the background, I apologize. If you're missing those things in your life, it might be time for you to uh, let go of the perfectionism and simply learn to do things excellently, the best of your abilities. That means you're not comparing yourself. You're learning from others, but you are fully aware that all you can do is your best and that's enough. That's enough. See, we, we don't want to be people who, who are slack either, right? We, we don't want to just do it sloppily and say, well, thank God I'm not a perfectionist. What we want to do is we want to learn to do things to the best of our abilities. And the only way that you can accomplish this, okay? The only way that true excellence manifests itself to its fullness is if you understand that you are unconditionally loved. Your value does not depend on what you do. What you do does not dictate nor define who you are. You are who you are because God says that's who you are. Your worth is determined by an infinite and perfect God. That's where the perfectionism comes in. He looks after that on his end. And our responsibility is to be the best that we can possibly be. And when you do this from a place of unconditional love, it means that when things don't go according to plan, you're agile. You're cool as a cucumber. It means that when you come up short, rather than beating yourself up, You say, okay, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to make some adjustments. It's going to be better next time. It means that on those days when you're tired and you tell yourself like, well, I can't do it perfectly. So what's the point in doing it at all? Like, I don't know, maybe when you're trying to get free of porn and it's a really tough day and you're feeling the temptation and you just think, ah, well, you know, I, I didn't journal today either. So, you know, what's a slip here? Or whatever it might be. That's a perfectionistic mindset. But a heart of excellence says, I'm tired today. I'm just gonna do what I can with the resources I have. And that'll have to be enough. That, that is what we're going for. So in this life, you know, whatever you're going after, I hope it's freedom from pornography. I hope it is the eradication of sexual misbehavior in your life, but whether it's something else, whether you're just, you know, trying to get a raise at work, You're trying to have a better relationship with your significant other. Maybe you're trying to be a better friend. Maybe you're doing a home renovation. Maybe you're looking to, you know, be a better leader in your company or at your church. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're already loved anyway. Your perfect works get you squat. And when you understand that, or once you understand that, then just do your best. Do it to the best of your abilities. And thank the Lord you did. That's everything for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're specifically trying to get free of porn, I don't want you to make the mistakes I made and the mistakes that I see hundreds of guys making on a regular basis. So what I'd love for you to do is go to ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's going to get you free a free copy of uh, the five biggest mistakes that guys make trying to get free of porn and five alternative best practices to combat those mistakes free of charge, ultimate recovery guide.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day and we'll talk very, very soon. Thanks for listening to the new man podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at sathiamesam. Thanks again and see you next time.